morning, Liberty. Mm, I just love that intro. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Good, 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 good morning, Liberty. <laughs> it's got the alarm sound in the background, everything. It's all good. Yeah, time to wake up and smell the Liberty. <laughs> That's what we do here at Good Morning Liberty. <laughs> so we're going to be talking to someone today. Yeah, who we got? It is Cliff Maloney from Young Americans for Liberty. He is president and CEO. What a great organization. It is. Yeah. We did a we did an episode, what was it, Monday, we talked about our uh, how the conference went and all that. But Unbelievable experience. Charlie and I went to the conference. Um, we got to see all the speakers. Ron Paul was there, Nick Friedis, uh, Kennedy, Lou Perez. There were some great, I mean, some really great Liberty legislators there that we that we were able to meet. And, uh, Literally a hell of an interview. It was... An interview. A hell, <laughs> the interview was great, too, but a hell of a, like experience the whole thing oh yeah just blown away it's hopeful yes. because you look at the news today and it just it looks like it looks like it's almost a lost cause if, you, if you're like me you get cynical yeah <laughs> about what the hell is going on in politics right now and you know, you wrote a great article we talked about it yesterday even but you wrote a great article that you know it's only it's only illegal to buy votes unless you're running for president. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like the only way you can buy votes is if you're running for president. You can offer people all kinds of money at that point in yeah. time. No problem. So, But now we have, God, we have an amazing movement. I mean, the, the ideas of liberty have never died, but now we actually have like an organization. And there's other people doing all kinds of good, really good things. But I'm just blown away by the the plan and the strategy and everything that Young Americans for Liberty are doing and getting young people involved, not only in the ideas that we all share, but getting becoming activists. And actually, their slogan is make liberty win. They're making liberty win. And, I'm, you know, i got to ask you, Nate, when you wake up in the morning, do you feel better as a winner or a loser? Um, well, I got to oh, oh, say. Oh, I know, I know. What is it? Uh, winning. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's what we should make Liberty do. Yes. Yeah. We yes. should do that. So, uh, if you like losing, stop listening. <laughs> YAL has a great plan for this. They are actually enacting a strategy to make this happen. They are helping in some state representative races. They're getting some people in the right chair spots. Uh, they're actually making this uh, a reality instead of something that we all just sit around and talk about and complain mm -hmm. about. So I think we should go ahead and get on to the interview. Yeah. So up next, we got uh, Cliff Maloney. We're not leading Enjoy. by saying those people are horrible or we disagree with those people. We have to have a message. We have to have something that actually says, look, this is what we want to do. Here are our solutions. Here are the things that we would enact or that we would do to help society, to help the community by showing the way forward through charity, through limited government. And I think it is extremely important that every single member of our organization and everybody in our movement realizes that. Who here is ready to stand for liberty with me? All right, we have uh, Cliff Maloney, the president of Young Americans for Liberty. So, uh, Cliff, thanks so much for joining uh, us today here on Good Morning Liberty. And I wanted to start off with uh, just your background and who you are, where you come from, and how you became involved with Young Americans for Liberty. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Nate and Charlie. I uh, love what you guys are doing, and uh want to thank you for having me on today. So, uh, yeah, talking about myself, uh, always a, a fun uh, question to lead off with. That's the best thing um, to do. So I was in college back in 2010, and uh, I saw a Ron Paul YouTube video that uh, kind of changed my life. Um, watched it. It was the moment of him arguing with Giuliani and kind of lecturing 
Rudy, about blowback and, uh, you know, what, what you're uh, doing when you're actually talking about nation building and policing the world and what happens when you bomb other countries. And that was a really big moment, you know, kind of the anti-war uh, conservative, uh, I would argue the liberty crowd, was kind of birthed out of that. And so I, I saw this video. Now, listen, this was 2010 when I saw it, but it happened back in like 07, 08. Um, right. And I kind of had this moment where I would watch all these videos and I started to, to read books and I just couldn't figure out why other people weren't understanding this idea of a limited constitutional government and allowing people to, to flourish uh, as individuals. So that was my start. Um, Ron Paul was running for president. So in 2011, uh, I actually applied to intern for his congressional office. And for some reason, they picked me. They said I was one of the most normal libertarians they'd ever seen. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's they a, hired me. And, another and, super high and bar. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so uh, they hired me. Uh, I did that in summer of 2011, and then uh, got involved with Young Americans for Liberty, uh, meeting all these people in the campaign that were like, hey, you need to have a YAL chapter. And so I uh, started the YAL chapter, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, I actually went to school to teach math. Um, I was a middle school math teacher. Uh, that was supposed to be the plan. And uh, Jeff Frazee, my predecessor, talked me into uh, pushing – let's say, avoiding a free master's degree and coming to fight for liberty full-time. And it was supposed to be a temporary plan, and it was all working out. 2014, I worked for Yale for a year uh, as a regional guy running uh, Maryland up through uh, Maine. And then in 2015, Rand Paul asked me to be his national youth director, so I did that for the year. And then Rand dropped out. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of success with our youth efforts, but, uh, you know, the campaign as a whole, uh, when it ended, I kind of had to decide, you know, do I go back to teaching or do I kind of double down and figure out how we can advance these ideas? And I was offered the role as taking over as CEO and president of Young Americans for Liberty. And uh, it's been a crazy three years. Uh, and, and I'd love to dive in with you guys, you know, kind of where we are now, but uh, that's my path to uh, to getting to the point of heading up YL. So how many chapters do you guys have right now around around college campuses? Yeah, so we're hovering around 500. Um, you know, wow. there was a time where, where we really focused on chapters rather than members. And, you know, I mean, we had, we had a significantly more, uh, let's say, in-depth uh, chapter network. But one of the things we're focused on, as you know, is this Operation Win at the Door. And what we're trying to do is get to a point where, I mean, door knockers is really our, our new metric of success, um, you know, because you look at how many people we bring to the ideas. But the, the trick is not, well, door knocking is more important than creating liberty lovers. No, the trick is creating effective liberty advocates, creating people that are going to take the time uh, is really where our, our mission takes us. Um, and so, you know, look, for for 10 years, we existed as an organization that was trying to recruit and develop strong liberty advocates across the country. But what we did in 2018 is we kind of took a look around and we said, hey, you know, this is fantastic. We need to continue to do this, but is there more that we can do? Is there a way to have more of a direct impact on the political process, which impacts all of us? And that is why we launched Operation Win at the Door. And for your viewers and listeners who are not familiar, you know, the idea here is we have a youth army of students. We're not going to pay for digital or mail or TV or radio ads. 
we want to do what we have a, a, an advantage of doing, which is taking our people out into the streets and talking to voters. And so we did kind of a pilot program in 2018 of this operation went at the door. And the idea was to start to do door knocking deployments for Liberty candidates at the state level. And so our goal was to elect 250 of these folks by the end of 2022. And we think that'll bring about, you know, some real change. And I'll just share with you quickly that in our pilot year, uh, we were able to win 37 races uh, across the country, getting Liberty legislators elected. And we actually just had a victory uh, in a special election. So we're up to 38 wins and uh, we're trudging along. We, we think we really have a plan here that is measurable and is scalable. And I would argue it's the future of the Liberty movement. That's absolutely incredible. Um, Nate and I joined the Young Americans for Liberty conference this past weekend in Memphis, and we, we just put out an episode on it. And I wanted to to uh, ask you, I had a few questions here kind of surrounding that idea that you were talking about, that the fact that we've been talking about, you know, the Liberty ideas for so long, and we've been, you know, kind of looking for some type of plan, and you're kind of the mastermind behind that. So you, you've, you've, you've used your math skills uh, to actually to put to, together a plan and like I can't tell you how much we actually learned at this conference of the the plan in place that Young Americans for Liberty uh, directed by you to actually look at the data look at the numbers and where can we be have the most effect for the Liberty movement and you've done an, an incredible job doing that so um, I think you used your your math skills for the Liberty movement that's awesome <laughs> yeah for sure well I'll I'll say this I mean I think it's it's uh, you know, there's some saying or some quote out there, you know, the guy with a plan is more prepared than the guy without a plan. And so is the plan the right plan? Well, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but it's a plan. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I would agree with you, you know, that I think the movement, um, there's been different ideas. There have been different plans in the sense that there have been some strategies. But the problem is a lot of them weren't scalable. Uh, and I'm I'm a big fan of testing things until you find some some success. And once you get that little spark, then let's scale it to the moon. Well, one of the and, things, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say one of the things I loved about this conference was the marketing aspect of it. And not that it's all marketing, but one of the things the Liberty Movement is missing. And and you know we're we're libertarians also, and I, I would say this is a definite thing about the about libertarians is that we're kind of missing the marketing aspect of it and how can we bring this message to the masses and what is the best way to, to, uh, you know, get the most attention, a positive attention and also grow some kind of a movement that with a real strategy. So that, that was it's just such a great thing to say that to see this weekend for sure. Yeah. And let me, let me say this. I think a lot of times somebody might hear that and I know you don't mean this, but I think one of the mistakes a lot of people make, is they think, oh, when you want to mainstream libertarian ideas, you know, you want to you want to compromise or you want to lose, uh, you know, the value of the message. And I think what you just said is spot on, and that is what we try to uh, master. And that is, how do we take the ideas of liberty mainstream? How do we have events where people walk in and you're like, holy shit, this is the future. This is not a dying idea. And too many of us have been to events where there's ten people in the room and no one's under the age of forty, and you're like well, this is nice, but this ain't going nowhere. So I always try to bring legitimacy to the table, and I really try to make experiences and anything you do, you know, less is more. If you're going to do it, do it. You don't have to do a million events, but when you're going to do events, create an experience that is legitimate, that is mainstream, that's credible, 
and, and that, that people are going to value. And I, I like to think when you guys walked in the room, you know, it was, uh, you know, you see the pipe and drape, you see the setup of the room, you see the quality of the training and the quality of the speakers and the quality of our attendees and our students. And so I, I always would say that I think that's a, a, a lesson in the liberty movement. I wish they took more seriously, but I want to make it clear. You can stick to the principles. You can stick to the ideas when you're talking about how to message and kind of go mainstream. You got to simplify it for people. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to water it down. You don't have to compromise. But you know, we really focus on how do we reach people where they're at and give them a dose of liberty they can handle to start to get them intrigued, to get them interested. And that's what we're teaching our students when they're doing outreach on campus or when they're in a community knocking doors. You can't go up to the door and say, it's time to end the Federal Reserve. You know, you've got to reach them on the potholes, you know, and some of these issues that they're going to care about and then show them why our candidate or why the free market and what we represent, why that's the solution. Because most most people don't even know what the Federal Reserve is, <laughs> really. Yeah. So look, if you if you ask, there was a joke once I heard that if you were to ask a hundred people on a college campus or a hundred people in public what a libertarian is, ten people would respond by saying somebody who works at the library. <laughs> now, the joke the joke there is, you know, nobody knows we're, we're levels deep. You know, when people aren't even you know, they're not even in the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got to figure out ways to connect with people. Yeah, we, we, we can't come into it and just start talking, you know, uh, main economy and state and, and, and start talking, uh, you know, Rothbard and Mises and, and, uh, and Ayn Rand and all this stuff with people who, first off, don't know what the Federal Reserve is. They've never had anyone mention these ideas to them at all. Taxation is theft. What do you mean? We couldn't have a society without without the income tax you know that that's an insane idea to a lot of people so you have to you have to come at it from a way that you can maybe win some little some little argument maybe or show them one way that this could be better ask them can have you ever seen the government take over something and it get cheaper or it get more efficient have you ever seen them do anything uh and it went the well they it went the way they said it was going to go um so i i found like you know, kind of approaching the situations like that without throwing just a bunch of my, you know, I've read basic economics eight times now. It's my favorite book, but I can't really, uh, I can't really come at every single conversation like that. It doesn't work. It doesn't really go very well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I, I, I would also say this. I mean, if you see a lot of the, the stuff we put out, I'm really trying to move you out into, and I want to be clear, I'm not trying to, 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 to be some culture warrior. But I really want to move you out to figure out, you know, how do we reach our audience? How do we reach young people that are apathetic, that don't care? And I think you'll see, like, a lot of the video content, the different stuff we've been putting out, it's more focused on real conversation. Uh, we've been putting out a lot of interview-style stuff where it's, you know, digestible clips, 30, 60, 90 seconds, talking about an idea, but not in some policy wonk way. We're talking about an idea and what it means for the proper role of government. You know, or what this current event or what what forgiving student debt actually means, you know, why no one talks about actually bringing the troops home and and why these things do evolve and how it impacts your life. And I I would I'm not saying every organization and every leader uh, or organizer in the movement has to do that. But I I will tell you, the response has been incredible. Um, I mean, we've got videos now, half a million million views, uh, you know, every other day that we're putting out. 
Um, and people are, you know, we're getting eyeballs on this content because it's digestible for normal folks, and it's showing them how liberty are the, the types of solutions that they would agree with. And I think you said some key things earlier where you said you're, you're making everything relatable and meeting people where they're at. And that's huge. That's huge in any type of movement is, is taking people wherever they're at, making that content and the ideas that we all believe in uh, relatable to them. So uh, another I, I can tell you for Nate and I both, we you know, we were reached out to by um, some of the people that work for Young Americans for Liberty a little over a month ago. And they were like, hey, you know, we got this conference and everything. And we walked in the door and literally just blown away. So um, we, you know, we love everything that Young Americans for Liberty is doing. And uh, I, I want to tell the listeners out there, too. And, and if you want to, Cliff, a shameless plug, obviously. But if people want to get more involved, um, you know, they can reach out to us and, and we can channel them through. Or, or where do you want them to go to? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a few different ways to get involved with the organization. Um, if you go to yaliberty.org, yaliberty.org slash door, you can you can really get – I mean, that's like kind of our direct, hey, you want to get involved, let's get involved right now. Uh, the first thing you can do is recommend a candidate. Uh, so if people want to get involved in a way where they have, you know, different legislative candidates on the radar, uh, we would love to, uh, you know, to, to be able to – Look into them and see if there's somebody we'd be willing to endorse. Now, some um, of, heck, if you're running yourself, you know, <laughs> you can you can check that out. Go ahead. Some of these candidates you've had, and I did not realize how close some of these elections have been, and how crucial it is this this uh, win at the door campaign has been. I mean, you could tell us maybe about some of those close close elections you've had and and how it's helped and i know some of them have come up short a few times you know probably by a really small amount of votes but uh what are some of the success stories you guys have with the candidates yeah so i mean it's been an interesting ride i'll I'll, I'll say that you know you definitely learn a lot more from the losses because the losses really sting um and and so one of the things that we found is our typical tactic is you know we want to do a full pass of our targeted voters three times and sometimes that's, you know, uh, 4,000 people, so it's only 12,000 doors. Sometimes it's 10,000 people, so if that's three passes, that's 30,000 doors. But a typical deployment, you know, we put 10 students on the ground and we knock uh, 30,000 doors for 30 days. Uh, and that's, that's what our deployments look like. But it's, it's really unique. I mean, look, imagine I'd ask everybody listening to, to kind of imagine yourself as a 19-year-old college student. You're a guy or girl passionate about the principles of liberty, you're living in a house with nine other people, and you're moving into this area, you know, usually people are within the same state they live, you know, we're not pulling people from California, let's say, to, uh, you know, across the state to Florida, across the states to Florida. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, you're building a relationship with these 10 people. You're on the ground for 30 days, you're, you're sweating it out, you're involved in this race, election night comes, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into this, and you look at a race like in Iowa with Jeff Shipley, where on election night, it was so close that they had to go to a recount. And after the recount, the guy wins by, like, less than 40 votes. Wow. Now, if you're one of those people that, is, that was in that room on election night, I mean, how do, you not, how do you not come to terms with the fact that you made it happen? If we only would have had nine instead of ten people, we don't win that race. You know, That's um, we had a race in New Hampshire, came down to less than 10 votes with us winning. Once again, how are you one of the people in that room and not thinking to yourself, I did this? 
And the cool part is it's not just the experience of winning in close races. I'll tell you what's really, really uh, a transformative moment for a young individual and for all of us at the organization when you're trying to measure your impact. The elections are one thing, but, man, once they're in office, you look at somebody like Savannah Maddox in Kentucky. You know, we did her race. We got 31,000 doors for her. She blew it out of the water, and we got her elected. She went in and she forced the roll call vote on constitutional carry and a campus free speech bill as the primary sponsor in, in Kentucky, which is supposed to be a conservative state. Right. Well, the best part is since it's Kentucky, all the Republicans who have been kind of like squishy on it, they had to vote for it because you can't vote against constitutional carry in Kentucky. So what happened? We passed the damn bill and Governor Bevin signed it. Kudos to him. Right. And so. If you're one of those 10 individuals, once again, I like to paint things in the picture of the experience of our students. Imagine being a 19 or 20-year-old on the ground on election night, you get Savannah Maddox elected, and then a couple months later, you're sitting there and you are watching this unfold before you where we just passed constitutional carry and a campus free speech bill that she got through because of the work that you did as a student. That's the type of impact we're able to create. And that's literally going to, that can save lives. I mean, that, this isn't just about having someone with the right letter next to their name in office. I mean, this is a big difference. Right. This is a big difference in, in everyone's lives right now. And uh, that's something that you guys uh, definitely helped make happen, super instrumental in that happening. And so what do you say to students who are, uh, what I would imagine is, what if you're what if you're a student? You're thinking, well, I can do all this. There's a good chance they're not going to win. So, you know, why why waste my time? You know, I I don't want to I don't want to go out there and waste my time and get disappointed. I mean, how do you get the message across that that this is actually possible? Yeah. Well, what I would say is <clears throat> the best recruitment tool that we have is winning. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't want to quote uh, who is it, Charlie Sheen, but like literally when we win, you know, the likelihood of those 10 individuals doing another race, I mean, it's like through the roof because when you win, you know, you're, you're feeling good. You know, you went out there, you did this, you pulled this off. And so I don't really see us having a problem when it comes to like, well, you know, people are like, I don't want to do that. I mean, that's the whole point to why we're successful is our activists are dedicated. You know, we, we aren't recruiting people because it's a political opportunity. We're recruiting people because we think it's a transformative moment to change lives and restore freedom, which, you know, freedom might seem like a buzzword, but the hell with it, man. I don't want the government telling me what the hell to do. And that's what motivates our students. And so I would argue that, that it's actually been a really, really cool phenomenon to see that, you know, people are excited. Um, and so is it, is it a tough thing to do to recruit and maintain and see people motivated on the ground? Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's not easy work. It's not sexy work. It's not glamorous. It's hot out. A lot of the time, depending on where you are, you're knocking doors, you're sweating. Um, you're getting a, a farmer's tan. I mean, it's not, it's not something that's easy to recruit for. And we pay our kids a $2,000 stipend that, yeah, they're not making money, believe me, but they're not losing money. Right. And so it's, it's, it's almost like the toughness of the um, execution is the beauty of it because it makes it so that we don't have much competition. Um, people will try. People say all the time, well, Cliff, why don't you keep your strategy closer to the vest? I say, why? 
it's not like it's some, you know, a formula or algorithm we've created. We're literally going out and talking to people. But our students are so dedicated because they believe in the principles, and that is the secret sauce to what we're doing. That is what makes it uh, such a such a difference compared to everybody else. Because you can spend money to send mail, to do digital, to do TV and radio. Anybody with a million bucks is going to drown you out. They cannot drown out the voice of students going door to door and making personal connections with voters. That's really the power of going at the door. That's incredible. Uh, to, to kind of expand on that, you know, Young Americans for Liberty as an organization, um, you know, what we experience is made up of a lot of young people, like articulate, smart, driven young people. You know, some of the speakers that we had from from Yao and everything like that. And I don't want to give your age away, Cliff, or anything like that, unless you want to. But I mean, you're still a young guy yourself. So so how did you, you know, it's long motivating the young people to knock on the doors. Um, how are you motivating people? And, and I think we learned some of these tricks this last weekend, but how are you motivating the young people to, to be okay with like speaking and being articulate and driving home these messages and, and running this successful organization that you're running? Yeah. So I'm 28. Uh, I'm, I'm becoming an old American for Liberty very quickly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, we, we have uh, a lot of different methods to do that. First, let's talk about the activists because they're actually where the real rub is before we get to the national staff. So the activists themselves, I mean, this is why we do five outcomes across the country. This is why we always do a 24 to 48-hour kind of prep training when people show up for their deployments to knock doors. This is why we do Liberty Candidate Academies. We value training. You know, I'm a teacher by trade. A lot of the folks involved with the organization understand the value of educating and training and then putting it into practice. And so we really spend a lot of time building our curriculum. And the thing I tell people is, Political operatives and messaging and and understanding how to actually execute, none of that has any need to be philosophically aligned, right? What I'm saying is you could believe whatever you want, but understanding what's actually effective and what works, you could learn that from the left. You could learn that from socialists. You could learn that from the neocons or the big government Republicans. You know what I mean? Like what I tell people is, you know, a lot of this is not – there's not some secret because it's liberty. No, it's just who wants to do the actual pain in the ass hard work to win. And so we really spend time training our students how to be effective communicators, how to be effective when it comes to hosting meetings, hosting speakers, putting an agenda together, you know, sending out emails to your membership. So we spend the time to teach the basic infrastructure and fundamentals of running a chapter and then doing things once you get into the political world. And people ask me about our national staff. They say, you guys have a lot of high-caliber folks working for the organization. Like, where do you find these people? And what I tell them is, look, when I talk to, like, you know, we just moved the organization to Austin. When I talk to realtors, like, oh, you know, you guys hire young. That's great. The workforce in Austin, you know, there's tons of people here you can hire from. And I said, listen, no offense, I don't care about the workforce of a city. Yao builds our own network, our own pipeline of staffers through our work on campus. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And so the people that we hire, I mean, practically every single person that worked for us was not only involved with the Yale chapter, but served as a state chair at one point. Because it's a really good opportunity to make a living doing what you're passionate about. So it's kind of a built-in pipeline. You, you, know, you ask about our, our quality and the caliber of our staff to communicate. I'm just saying that it's a, it's a proud reflection of what we're doing overall with our mission, Young Americans for Liberty, which is trying to develop young leaders for liberty 
that really get how to make Liberty win and how to do it effectively. So this is something that we had to we had to figure out because uh, Charlie and I, neither one of us are in college or have been uh, even been in college. So we didn't even know if we could be a part of Young Americans for Liberty. So is this something that's only available for college students or are you moving past the college campuses now? So our focus is always going to be to recruit from college campuses. And I want to be clear about that. Our focus is to recruit from college campuses because there's a large mass of young people there, right? And we have the ability to go out and speak to them. You know, there's uh, at all public universities, it's public property. You can go out, you can engage. So that's where our tactics and our strategy bring us. But of course, high schoolers that come to us that want to get involved, we'll send them materials. We'll let them recruit. We'll let them do whatever they want to do. I'm not going to spend my time sending staff to high schools, and we're not going to focus in there. But if somebody comes to us organically, absolutely. Same thing for young professionals. If young professionals come to me and say, hey, you know, we want to organize, we want to start working events in the city of Chicago, in the city of Memphis, in the city of wherever, we will absolutely let them be part of our network, let them help recruit, and let them do outreach. And the same thing for young professionals who are saying, hey, look, I'm not looking to recruit, but I want to get involved, I want to come to your trainings. That's why we have what we call the YAL Legacy Society. And the Legacy Society is a, a bunch of young professionals, some current students, a lot of them recent graduates or, or working adults, and they give us anywhere from 15 to 500 bucks a month uh, as kind of a monthly gift that keeps them involved. They network at our events. They get to stay in the loop on a lot of the opportunities that we have and other partner organizations have, and they really help us build our strategies we're moving forward as key players of the organization. So there's tons of ways for people to get involved. And, and I, I, I missed earlier, you know, you said where to, where to go. If you go to whyatliberty.org, not only can you recommend candidates, not only can you find our survey there if you are a candidate, but that's where you can get involved, whether you're a student or a young professional. And I got to make the plug here, you know, for resources. If you're somebody who says, look, I don't have the time to be involved, but I believe in your mission, and I'd like to chip in and help you guys. So we've got tons of opportunities for people to get involved, whyatliberty.org. And uh, I think it's, a, and it's an exciting plan for anyone that believes in the principles of liberty. There's a way for everyone to kind of take part. And I can tell you from personal experience, there's no better money spent. Like Nate and I are both legacy members of YAL now. And uh, literally for the movement of liberty and the organization and everything that you guys are doing, there's no better money spent. So everybody listening, go sign up if you believe in the principles of liberty. Put your money where your mouth is. That's what I say. <laughs> Do you guys have some candidates that you're endorsing right now, some elections coming up soon? Yes, we do. So right now, uh, 2019 is an off year, right, So uh, by the national standard. So what that means is we have races in four states that actually hold off-year elections. You're looking at New Jersey, Virginia, Mississippi, and Louisiana. And I can tell you so far, um, we just won two primary races in Virginia. Uh, Amanda Batten and Paul Milday won their races and uh, really, really, really interesting races. One of them was against the current incumbent. We took him out. Another one, Amanda Batten, ran against the former incumbent. So that was a tough race as well. And we won both of those races. Paul Milday's race, you talked about close races. We actually won that race by only 100, and I believe it was 43 votes. Um, I mean, it was a nail-biter. And so that one we were kind of uh, we were extremely proud of. Um, but right now, we just announced our endorsements for, make sure I get the state right here, for Mississippi. 
And so as we're doing those, we're going through those right now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how those end up. But uh, Louisiana doesn't have their primary until early in the fall. So it's a kind of an interesting dichotomy. And then uh, New Jersey, God bless New Jersey. We have not found a candidate there worth endorsing. <laughs> um, so we're, we're keeping our eye out, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, once again, you know, we don't compromise on who we endorse. They've got to be principled, viable liberty candidates at the state level. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue to build that bench, but uh, we're not going to sway or, or lessen our standards just because it's an off year. Yep. People like Savannah Maddox who go right in and start kicking ass at, at the very beginning. So that's really awesome. I know I know we're running out of time here with you, Cliff, but uh, if you could just give us a last thing. This conversation obviously gives me hope. Attending Yale gives me hope. I know there's a lot of cynicism that can that can happen when you pay attention to national politics and you're the Democratic debates and you're like, God, we're going full born, full blown socialists. There's nothing that we can do. Uh, but now we we do have something that we can do as liberty minded people, as activists. And so the the question was, is there still hope for liberty? Which I think there is uh, at this stage of the game. But um, you know what? What's the future of Yale look like? I know you said 250 um, uh, representatives, state representatives by 2022. But what's maybe give me a, like a 10 year goal and what's the hope and for liberty and what's the future of Yale look like? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I would say that you know, and obviously I'm involved with the plan, but I would say that there's a team, there's a plan, and uh, for the first time in my life. Uh, I would say the Liberty Movement has an opportunity to really start to build a bench. And I think that bench has been what's missing. We're, we've got tons of organizations educating people on the principles of libertarianism. We've got tons of organization, organizations doing educational type stuff, developing, whether it's leaders, whether it's students, whether it's policy creators, all of these things are happening. And Yao is playing a huge part in that as well. But I really think we need to get to a point where we have policymakers across the country who are unabashed liberty lovers. And so I think we're at a time of great optimism. I think we have a plan. We've seen that the plan works. If we can get door knockers, candidates, and money, we can scale this thing. So our goal by the end of 2022 is 250. I have yet to set a public goal uh, past that because I'm a big fan of hitting it first. Um, but what I tell people is it's, it's about – scaling. It's about figuring out how we actually do this in a way that we can lead a national movement. And uh, I think we're there. I think this bench is going to be the, the, the ticket. And I think uh, you're going to start to see that as we develop leaders, just the way the establishment has, by getting them in the office at the local level, uh, we're going to start to have this huge bench to pull from. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, come 20, let's say 2030, you're looking at you know 40 to 50, uh, Thomas Massey, Justin Amash, Rand Paul types that really believe in libertarian principles in D.C. That's absolutely amazing. Well, Cliff, thank you so much for your time. We couldn't appreciate it any uh, more. And uh, I think the hashtag for y'all is make liberty win, right? So uh, we'll, we're going to yeah. link all, for all the listeners. We're going to link the websites and all these uh, things for you guys to go check out. So please go check out Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, donate uh, some money to them or get involved somehow. So, Cliff, thanks again. We appreciate your time, man. Yeah, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep spreading the word. And like you said, uh, we got to make liberty win. That's got to be the bottom line, and we're trying to do it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care, Cliff.